Kiora. Kiora. Welcome back to Kaya Kokorero with Matua uh, MJ. Fire MJ. <laughs> and Fire Tai. <laughs> and Matua Tai. Um, this week we thought that uh, we'd do a, um, a kind of fun topic, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting topic if you're wanting to get into teaching. Yes, or. And we're also going to share a little secret into extra qualifications that we also hold mm. other than teaching. Yeah, we're going to be talking about our extra qualification and also how, like, the route that we took in terms of how we become teachers, like, mm. with our qualifications and all that. Because there's so many different ways. Yeah. So many and honestly, teaching wasn't the first choice. Yeah, neither. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that shows in both of our, like, previous qualifications. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's us this week, so hope you enjoy. Okay. <laughs> Transition music. <laughs> Would you like to enlighten our um, listeners in terms of so what your quali- what qualifications you have, uh-huh. where you studied, and how you kind of chose to take the route that you did? Mm. Cool. So, um, the qualifications I currently hold are. My first one that I got was a Bachelor of Social Work. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, I think that's full name is actually, it's the Social Sciences and there's something dash social work in there. Uh, it's like yeah. a specialisation? Yeah. It's, it's really good because it was a conjoint um, between Waikato and Te Wananga because mm. it was the first time it had been delivered in Waikato mm. when I was studying and the first type of degree of it's of that respect, because social work wasn't really a, a qualification-based profession. And oh. then, yeah. I didn't I know that. Me neither. So and you could just was, be a social worker yeah, if you had, like, like, a passion. Well, that's what I thought, you know? And then when someone said, oh, you can actually get a degree, and then it makes your pay higher. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, money's money. always good. Yeah, yeah. But then, going into it, I think I could have chose anthropology and stuff like that. And on that list of majors, you had social work there. Mm. And so I was with like... A be- with a Bachelor of Arts, would that be the overall the Bachelor of Social Science? Bachelor of Social Science. And then your speci- your major would have been social, social work. Social work, okay. yeah. And um, I saw anthropology and then I knew that it was a study of people. Mm. And I was like, I just don't want to study people. I want to get help to the nitty gritty. Yeah, actually help them. And so I chose, I think, three lists out on was the social work. So I hold a Bachelor of Social Science with Social Work as the major. Mm. And I also currently hold um, a Bachelor of Teaching. A full three-year Bachelor a of Teaching. A full three-year, yeah. yeah, both of them. <laughs> a both full three years, so I wasted six years now. <laughs> I actually had a six-year journey of becoming what I am today through mm. my qualifications. And um, my providers of those were... Um, like the first degree was between Waikato and Tawananga, mm. and then my second degree, which was the teaching one, which is the teaching one, was through Tawananga Aotearoa, and what was the other question? Oh yeah, that was it. Oh yeah, and so those are my <coughs> two. Yeah, that's the bachelors. You got your two bachelors. Hmm. Yeah, that's so. Um, I just, that's why I asked because lots of people would do a conjoint, you know. 
and then yes. it would end up being a bit shorter than six years, but you actually literally did the two, full six yeah, years. Two, two, three year degrees. And I remember getting my Bachelor of Social Sciences and thinking, um, I will never study again. Mm. Uh, and then <laughs> he didn't do the postgrad yeah. for teaching. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah, I'll just take another three yeah, years off. That's when I first heard, when I when you first told me that you did a whole extra three year when you already had a degree. I'm like, why the hell didn't you just do a grad dip? Because <laughs> that's what I. Well, I was crazy. Like when I saw the, I think I sort of piped out actually. Yeah, I was looking at how intense the year looked. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know anyone that did a postgrad uh, teaching, and so I couldn't ask anyone. Yeah. And so I was like, you yeah, know. Nah. I need the background. I need the. <laughs> yeah, and then so off I went. Yeah. I and mean, it worked out. You got to where you needed to be. Well, funny, eh? Like, I think everything aligns because when I went for the Bachelor of Teaching, mm. I had had enough of being a social worker. Mm. And then when I had asked my current on my employer back then, because I was a social worker in schools, um, if they would support me in going into my next venture, which was teaching, they said no. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to quit then, because mm. you're not going to help me, so I'll help myself. Yeah. And the only um, course that was still taking enrolments was the wire. Oh, they're, mm. always. <laughs> they're always. Yeah, and I want to exit out of social working, and so it was that the bachelor. Was your, that mm. was your exit. Oh, yeah. awesome. But my secret, oh, it's not a secret. And that, yeah, it is a secret. And I'll just tell everyone. <laughs> so, because I was from Tokoro and the um, provider was in Hamilton for the Bachelor of Teaching, mm. um, did it mean that I was always in Hamilton? Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> May I got it down to two days a week. Nice. Where I could go there. And they didn't mind as long as my communication was current, like always mm. constant and. Stuff like that, and so... Oh, you were doing quarantine study before quarantine study was even a thing? Yeah, pretty much. And then, again, while we were learning stuff, it's like they predicted that we were going to have a pandemic. Yeah. Because they kept saying, but what if you end up teaching from home? And so they were, they were teaching us how to do, like, presentations through, like, create a website. Mm. And they wanted one of our assignments to be delivered and um, handed in as a website type thing. And so all those skills, we, we used to moan, we used to be like... When's this going to happen? Yeah, why are you trying to teach us a website for? We don't want to know that. Oh, we're and then never, yeah, We're never going to have to teach from home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, only the next year of your, your first year of study when you'll be Yeah. Yeah, so that's me. Mm. Before we go off topic. <laughs> like we like to do. Yeah. Um. Well, I did, I did, I feel like Mats was actually like an exceptional case on how he got his teaching degree. I feel like that's not very common. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the way that I did is quite, um, quite common. Mm. And the way that I got into teaching is I did a three year degree, a Bachelor of Arts majoring in Screen and Media Studies. And then after that, I did a graduate diploma in primary teaching through Massey. So my my BA, my bachelor's, was through Waikato, and my grad dip was through Massey University. Um, and that's the route that I could take to become a teacher, which is the three-year degree and then a grad dip, and then it qualifies you to be a teacher. 
And it's four years, right? Yeah, four years mm. if you want to do it. I didn't do it back to back. I actually did my <laughs> I did my three year degree, um, and then I thought I wanted to do my masters in film, and so I continued on, and then I like dropped. I like left two papers short of getting my honours so I've still got that kind of going <laughs> mulling in the back of my mind that I need to go back and finish my honours um, and then I also started a grad dip at Massey which is how I started to go to Massey I started a grad dip there in Māori studies mm. and then I didn't completely finish that either um, I was like in a weird period of my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. and then um, <laughs> I had come to like I only had one year left worth of student loan that I was going to be able to use and I was like crap I need to (laughs) I need to be I need to do something where I'm going to get a job and my older sister's a teacher so um and I'd always loved kids so I was like okay yeah I'm gonna do I'm gonna go to Massey because Massey has a good reputation in Mm. distance studies because I always did distance through Massey they did too because I was recommended going through Massey Mm. for the um the same as you the grad dip yeah yeah, but I, yeah, well, as you know, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't recommend going to Massey for your grad dip. <laughs> Had a very negative experience. Um, Did you have to go on site? Once. once. We had a um, Wananga in, it was literally like the first COVID case, um, like COVID had kind of just happened overseas. And then we oh. went to this Wananga, which was like at the end of February. And then, like, two weeks, about two or three weeks after the Wananga, we went into level four. So it was, like, a really weird, because this was in 2020, it was, like, in a really weird time. But, yep, that was our one time. We were supposed to have another Wananga in the middle of the year, but that didn't end up happening because of COVID. Um, And so, yeah, so I've got my BA in Screen and Media Studies. I've got an unfinished honours that I need to do. I've got an unfinished grad dip in Māori studies that I need to do. And I've got a graduate diploma in primary teaching. But what I will say about this route is that graduate diplomas are very, very, very difficult. Like, Mm. it's three... So it's one year. It's only one year of teaching, but it's three years worth of content crammed crammed into one. Mm. And you come out feeling like you know nothing. Because it was just, like, so much information. And it was, like, assignments due all of the time. I don't know. Some of my friends, they, like, still were being... Like, still had full-time jobs. And and a graduate diploma at the same time. And, like, I don't know how they did that. Because we all, like, came out the end of the year, like, feeling like we'd just been shot. Like, it was so... (laughs) It was so incredibly difficult. So, if you are thinking about going down that route, Mm. um, just really, really know that it's... Um, gonna take up your whole life <laughs> and it's really really hard Um, but it is only one year that's the benefit you only have that to is the benefit eh? like the one year sounds like yay yeah but yeah if you do cram in three years into one year there is a whole load of um, yeah it was content. a lot and especially mm. like especially for teaching when there is so much Mm, like mm. I feel like you could come out of a you'd you'd have to say to this, but I feel like you could come out of a three year degree and still not feel completely capable. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I think we've we can all agree as teachers too that yeah, we are taught specific things about theorists of um mm. learning and um different how to understand children. So there's like 
a bit of nuts and bolts that we learn. But yeah, when you get into the class, oh, different story. Yeah. You need to like double up on knowledge, strategy for reading, writing and maths. So there's a whole heap of new learning that goes on. For me, I did not know, like for me, I got stumped on how to set up a classroom. I had no idea how to set up a classroom that was actually, like, practical. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I started my year, and then there was, like, this little, I had these cute little, like, plate things that I had on every table, and I was like, I'll just put all the pencils and rubbers and pe- sharpeners on there, and they'll all get put back there every single day, <laughs> and they won't get broken or lost. No one will use their other group stuff. Yeah, and... yeah, and that was just, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I remember trying out, um, like, the Fano container with everyone's pencils in yeah. it. The final container with everyone's rubbers. But no, there was still trouble there. <laughs> the rubbers weren't getting given back. Yes. The pencils were like missing. And, the, the oh. sharpening both ends of the pencil. Hey, just going back off what you said on the setup, I was the same too. I, like, you hear it, eh? So in study, you study about why you should have a good set-out class. Mm. And then when it comes to your actual class, what we want, what we see as practical, ends up not being practical. Yeah. Because the children in there just teach you this other style that you have to adapt to. Yeah. Like, my ones were, um, I had had my desks, like, against walls, too. Oh. Yeah, so I thought that, oh, this will cater for the independent children. Yeah. And yeah, then, and lots of mat space. Yeah, and then... <laughs> <laughs> the independence wasn't happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was told, you know, we're in the 21st century, you should be having more collective, like, group areas. Mm. And then you'll group them into the abilities. And then in me, I kept thinking about how the lower level would feel incompetent to the higher level. Yeah. And they would know that they're the higher group and they're the lower group. And so I Because you get pushed that at uni so much about, like, making sure that your kids get equality. That kids should, like, the whole... What is it? Like, DMAC, which is, like, whole class learning. Yes. And then, hello, we come to distant learning in your bubbles. Mm. And then... I've been given another view of what kids actually want in their own space Mm. in learning. Yeah. Mm, So, yeah, no, I agree. The whole setup thing, we're not really taught that in... um, I was was like, where do I put my desk? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, we can both um, relate to this one. I didn't know that there were, like, stages of maths. Oh, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know how to teach maths apart from um, Dimmick. I did not know that there was another way to teach maths. <laughs> I didn't know that there were so many strategies. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know also that it was split up into knowledge and strategy. And strategy. And then I used to think, oh, cool, I've got the knowledge. And then when it comes to testing them, the test is more, <laughs> how did they get the answer? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's why the strategy comes in. Mm-hmm. I thought as long as they were figuring out the right answer... They were doing well. And not even. And not even. And it determines the, like, different ways of getting to the answer changes the results. Yes. Like, they could be doing a stage, like, three um, strategy, but answering a question that's, like, a multiplication question that wouldn't be, like, appropriate. It's not allowed a stage three Yeah, there's not a stage three. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, 
Oh my gosh, she just brought up a good point. So, like, in the gloss, yeah, in the gloss test, some of my kids would get the answer right, but the strategy they were using was on a stage five one. They were relying back on the stage three, so it meant that they had to stay where they were. Mm. Yeah, and I was like, oh, but they got the answer right. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't get the strategy right. And it's like, how do you... Mm. Yeah, and I definitely not did not get taught. Well, also, like, <laughs> this is, like, an exclaimer because I can't blame, like, Massey for everything. Oh, uh, because <laughs> I, like, totally, like, skipped... Like, I skipped <laughs> online work. I skipped other work. Like, they could have taught me this, but, like, from what I got, I did is not get it. what you get when you just give videos? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Videos and distance learning and COVID <laughs> and anyways. <laughs> but, um... Through, I really, the like, what would you say are the positives and the negatives of the way that you, of the route that you took? Oh, so, I reckon you have to determine before you go to study what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. So I knew that um, before I started my Bachelor in Social Sciences, I knew that that was going to help me to help people and give me a bit of pain. So, I went along that journey and the benefits of that was, yeah, okay, I got a degree. That was benefit number one. Benefit number two was I met these amazing people mm. that um, were on the same journey. Um, the third benefit of it was it fitted in with the time of... Um, where I was at in life. Mm. So it was convenient. And then I was proud because I had got the qualification. Yeah. Um, and then when I went into the field, I had learnt about people's backgrounds more. I had a better understanding of Aotearoa, um, the injustices that happened to Tangata Whenua. Um, I also got a better understanding of um, the different clusters of classes we have, like poor, rich, and on mm. that equilibrium mm. um, sort of thing. Um, social status, kind of. Yeah, because I was like really <coughs> raised in a bubble. Mm. Like, I didn't know that my next door neighbours were poor. <laughs> um, I didn't know that people were having domestic violence everywhere. Mm. I didn't even know that murders were like happening because I only heard it off the news and it wasn't of people here and you said oh maybe one or two but I didn't know how current that was Mm. I had no idea that there was like a huge crime rate I had no idea about all the bad things that were happening in Aotearoa and so if I didn't go into social work and step into the dark side Mm. because you do see the yeah and I never thought I would be working with gangs yeah. Which is a benefit for me because it really puts me out of my comfort zone. Mm. So as a social worker, I was working with a lot of gang-affiliated families. Mm. Um, most of them, especially out of town, took it all, like Mankino Fukumaru, that sort of area. I was working with um, a lot of the Perez families and I just didn't know like enough about what my own backyard. Like. Yeah. And if it wasn't for social work, <clears throat> putting me out there, giving me the experience. I think today I could have been quite the closed-off teacher. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I would have dismissed the backgrounds of children. I wouldn't mm. have looked at them like they had come in with all this luggage. Mm. I wouldn't have um, even considered thinking that some they could be hungry, they could be thirsty, they could be tired. I never had that natural and you never experienced it yourself. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like I had to do that to get to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I decided after my five years of social work, uh, what really dawned on me was the um, success rate in social work <coughs> um, career isn't very high. So your you little success up. could be getting the grandma to the winds mm. or getting a funding for someone for food and stuff like that like those are major successes like in terms for other people but for me I was like is this what I'm capable of like mm. referring people on finding them resources listening to adults gossip and stuff like that mm. and it was just really draining mm. so for myself I did enjoy the um, working alongside students, but that was only one-on-one, and maybe if I was lucky, I would see three a day, because that's how big the issues were. Mm. And it wasn't enough for me. Like, the cup wasn't filled with that career. Yeah. And so what I decided to do was I was weighing out, okay, how can I still sort of achieve the same thing, but be more effective? And then it just naturally aligned to teaching. Because yeah. I was going into schools. So I did see how much a teacher could impact in um, bettering people's lives, especially our children, and transforming them. And so I just, that's how I got into the path of teaching. Mm. So all the benefits from social work um, really taught me everything. And it now that's where I am. Yeah, yeah, it scaffolded enough, yeah, me. Enough for your... Yeah. Teaching qualification. And then I got a whole high with my boss. <laughs> so we had this audit and my boss was um, going off at me. Um, not because of my audit, it's because he just had this, I don't know, this real negative view of brown males because he is one himself. Mm. And his thing Internalized was... Internalised racism. Yeah, and he keeps saying to me, you know, us brown guys have to really pull it together because... Um, went on to be slick because like, and then he would say to, like for himself that he's not good on the paper and stuff like TBH I already know that I'm a different brown fella that's actually good on paper yeah you brown fella <laughs> yeah yeah I might not be good on like, paper but not me brown fella yeah let's let's take it to the NCEA level results yeah I passed school thank you mm. but yeah hey anyways sidetrack <laughs> um and then I had asked them if I could if they will support me and go to my next career. And they he said no. They they can't because and all I asked for was a slash of hours. Mm. So why I went that way was because I heard another staff well actually a few staff members had did that and they got away with it. Mm. And I thought, oh what's another one? You know, surely but mine's more better because I'm actually going for another career. Yeah. And then because he said no, and then he would pull me up for little things. Mm. Like, oh, where's your paperwork? And he still had the paperwork thing stuck. And then the slap on the face for him was when I was audited and they wanted everyone in our firm to start um, to template off what I was doing. Aye. Yeah, and then I was like, yeah. 
Okay, all right. And he's still going to give me the due praise for that. Mm -hmm. And so, one day we got into this real argument. And it was personal, because I know this fella. And I just decided, no, you don't want to support me, I'm going to quit. And so I quit, and then in my email, this was the the Wyoming hiring people for to go on the course for teaching. And so I just put my name forward straight away. And then he had the audacity to actually ask me, oh, you know, you can have your job back because I don't want you to go back down to student allowance. Mm. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, my mum actually had a business then. <laughs> and so I hit him with that um, card. I was like, oh, actually. I don't need your money. Yeah, I don't need your money because my mum owns a business. I can just go work for her. And then I left. Mm. Yeah, and then, oh, I've made the best choice. And then I got into teaching. And then the benefits of um, going through the Wananga for me was that they let me off and would let me study from home mm. because I was the only um, distance student for, of these. So everyone else lived in Hamilton and I was in Tokoroa. And then I started learning more about like the education side of things, the theorists and stuff like that, but from Māori um, worldview and... I knew that then that mm. I was in the right place. Mm. And then we would go on practicums. And then in practicum, you get that feeling about, oh, yeah, if this is me. And then I sort of could see myself doing, I might sound a bit boastful, but sometimes I would look at a teacher teaching something and I'm like, oh, I can teach a way better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, I went through the teaching and I knew it was me. And then that's where we're at today. Oh, and may I add, I am going to be graduating yes. at the end of the year for registration. Yeah, you're going to be a is, real teacher. Yeah, which is really, really big. That's awesome. Because awesome. every teacher wants that reg. Yeah. And you just, hey, and you like, the opportunities are more after that. Yeah, the opportunities are more, you're more hireable to employee, employers. Mm. They don't have to give you the, <laughs> the <laughs> Yeah, or you don't have to go on job sick and take the suitable for BT. Yeah, suitable for BT jobs. <laughs> yeah, so that was my um Oh that's yeah, that's the a, benefits of what you know the, the way that, that I you thought. took. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Um for me, lots of the benefits the benefit of a graduate diploma for me was that it allowed me to be it allowed me to make lots of mistakes. Mm. Um, cause I started studying when I was 19 and I was not like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like mm. I literally chose my degree because the year previous I was like, I had had like a really severe mental breakdown. Sorry to be honest, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and the only thing that got me through that breakdown was the TV show, Dr. Who. And I would like watch it so much. I watched every single episode. I was absolutely obsessed. It was like the only thing that um, really, really got me through. And so, and because I'd always loved writing, like writing had always been a part of my life since I was a child. Um, and when that that end that year was coming to a close, I re- I like did it. I knew that I didn't want to do this again. I didn't want to have a whole nother year of nothing, basically. And so I was like. Uh, the only other options, because I also wasn't in the mental space to uh, work. Like, mm. I wasn't able to work at all. And so the only other option for me was study. 
And so I was like, crap, like, I don't even know what I'm going to study. And then literally I was like, well, the only thing that's made me happy this past year has been Doctor Who. And so I was like, okay, I want to study film or screen and media because if I can make someone feel the way that I felt. So basically the job that I intent that I first wanted was to be a script writer. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And it was because if I could create characters and stories that impacted people the way that the stories on Doctor Who impacted me, mm. then I felt like that was, like, amazing. Like, that's what I wanted to do to help people. That's so cool. So, yeah, that's what happened. I enrolled as um, a Bachelor of Arts at Auckland University because I was living in Auckland and then also at Waikato. <clears throat> but I ended up getting... And I didn't tell my whole family. Like, no one knew. And then I ended up getting accepted at Waikato first. And it was like really close to like, so I ended up getting accepted there probably like late December. So, and then I told my family and I was like, what the heck, you applied for university? And I was like, yeah, and I'm going to Hamilton. Um, and so I had to organize that stuff and went to Hamilton and literally found somewhere to live a week before uni started. Oh, it's like your trade day. I know. My trade was like last minute. Like, living on a prayer. Yeah. Living on a prayer. Living on a freaking dollar bill. <laughs> um, like just in time, eh? But yeah, I, I, got, I found somewhere to live. And like the way that I found someone to live was that my mum came with me to like an orientation day. Yeah. And then she like, well, it was like a Maori orientation. So we're having a kaya after everything. And she stood up and she was like, uh, my daughter is looking for somewhere to live. <laughs> Is there anyone that has like a spare room? Um, and then this, That's the one? Yeah, hard. And then this old like queer came and spoke to us and I ended up moving in with her. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so. And, sorry, was no, she good to you? Yeah, she was fine. She oh, was just, wow. Yeah. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like a close relationship. It was more just like a flatmate kind of oh, situation. Yeah. But she was lovely, like. I'm very grateful that I had somewhere to sleep. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I like started my bachelor's with like, I don't know, in such in like a weird, a weird space, but I made lots of friends. Um, and I had like, I had an amazing time at Waikato. Like I made so many <laughs> friends. I found out more about myself, but it was definitely like, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, like yeah. all I knew was that I had three years to get a degree. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try really hard. Yeah. Uh, like I didn't know what the next year entailed. Like it was real, like still like a day to day, like living my life day to day. I had no idea what I was planning to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up taking me longer than, I think I took like five years to get my bachelor's. Yeah. Oh no, no. I think I might've taken, so I started when I was 19. I said, oh, sorry, quick mess. I started in 2012 and I think I graduated in 2017. So one, two, three, four, five, six years. But two of those years were, oh yeah. Oh my God. I totally forgot. So I started my bachelor of arts and then after my first year, I did really well and I decided to freaking <laughs> do a conjoint in bachelor of law. Oh wow! Like, <laughs> I was actually, but actually, yes. Sorry, I've got to actually go yeah. too. Um, when I left high school, I um, went through social sciences through Waikato only. Oh, yeah, on my first year, and yeah, nah, I didn't pass. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents were like, "But we're paying for your rent. Get back home." And I was like, "Oh." 
oh, I have to go back home. <laughs> yeah, that's the like, yeah, these are the trials and trips. It was not a smooth sailing. <laughs> no, it wasn't, especially with the temptations of university, eh? Oh, you're so young. Well, at least I was so young and like away from. I wasn't away from home for the first time, but like away from any of my family for the first time. And the culture in uni is drinking. Drinking. <laughs> Man, like the O weeks really sparkled oh, off. Oh my god, O and because Waikato, I felt I feel like Waikato Wintech Hamilton is so underappreciated for O weeks. <laughs> like we've had the best O weeks. All of town <laughs> is so close together. Oh yeah, of course. At Waikato, they had so many events. Like frick, one time we had a burger drop. Where Burger Fuel filled up a helicopter full of burgers, what? flew over Waikato Uni and was dropping burgers out. <laughs> and we were just running around getting, well, we didn't get any burgers, but <laughs> people did get burgers. Like, they did crazy. Those, That's crazy. They did crazy shit. They had this other one where there was this massive cube that was like, had a question mark on it. Mm. And it just had like a countdown. And we're like, what the fuck is this? Like, we're like, well, this is so cool. And so we're just sitting there waiting for it. And then at like midday, it like cracked and opened up and all of the smoke was billowing out. And it was filled oh, with... Oh, so cool. It was so It was filled with Lyft Pluses. And so everyone was grabbing Lyft Pluses. But not only were there Lyft Pluses, there were little tokens. And if you got a token, there were like iPads, cameras. Oh, oh get out scooter, of here. Electric scooters. Yeah. Get out of here. Oh, wow. And that's like the special prizes. We took home like, what, like a hundred Lyft Pluses. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Imagine if we did that at school. Not that. But something, something like that. Like the drop, you know, when the kids are like anticipating for it to open. Like an O week. Oh my God, we should have like a school O week. We should have an O week. But like a a non-alcoholic version, obviously. Because we're responsible teachers. That would be so cool. We'll have to talk to our boss about that. Approach the other stuff. Anyway. She's creative too. Oh, yeah, she'd be down. Yeah. Lizzie would be down. Oh. I feel like we know. We will. Most people yeah, will be down. Yeah, we know we'll be down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's a bit off topic. Yeah, so um, my Bachelor of Arts went in so many different, um, so many different corners. I didn't even know, like, what papers I needed to take to get the qualification. Like, I took so many papers that I didn't need to take because I, I had a sister who had already done like who was Major a teacher studies, eh? and stuff like that but uh she had her own like, like i don't want to worry her with like me not knowing what to do yeah so yeah i took a lot of, if there's people out there that like are worried about making mistakes like i made so many mistakes mm, i started too. yeah i started my bachelor of laws i ended up dropping that after my second year mm. i um ended up taking a lot of religion papers actually oh <laughs> yeah it's gonna be like a I don't really know why I did. (laughs) (laughs) They were just like electives under my degree. And and they tended to like just be available. A chaplain like it's a hospital. Maybe. Thank you, good money. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, chaplains. (laughs) But yeah, so I did my Bachelor of Law and then I um, continued on. I ended up doing my continuing on from my bachelor's and doing my honours and stuff. And I found that that wasn't really for me. Like I was, at this point, I think I was only still 23, like still quite young. Yeah. And I did a year of that and realized that I didn't really want to do it. I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing yet. and didn't know what I was doing. So I ended up leaving uni and moving to Australia. 
Mm. And I lived there for a while, but then I I still wasn't able to get a job, like emotionally and mentally. And so when I was in Australia, I was like delivering pamphlets. That was like the only Guys, honestly, it's really hard to believe you right now. <laughs> <laughs> the way that I... man, this space over here, she's helping all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my early 20s was like, I feel like I'm in such a good place now. Yeah, yeah. Like I've really, really grown from where I was. Like friends that I had back then now, they're like, well, you're like a different person. That's so cool though. So awesome. It just shows the journey of a person. Hundred percent, yeah. The way mm. that I had to be ready to work. So maybe in some instances, you needed study because you're like mentally you were fit for the brain stretch. If you know what yeah, I, mean. I think that it was. I think you're so right because I realize now that a lot. I had a lot of. Um, like I've talked to you about it before like I had a lot of troubles when I was a teenager mm. um, a lot of it was a really really hard time for me as a teenager and oh but all fear dinkum because me there's some injustices happening <laughs> oh especially in the realm of studying yeah mm. and I realised that I didn't think that I deserved money and mm. that was a large barrier that I had to working like, I honestly didn't think that I, like, I didn't think that my work was worthy enough to be paid. Like, mm. I always thought that I needed to do things for free to help people because I really didn't value myself or the work that I created. Mm. Um, and even, like, I ended up getting a job at uni. I forgot about this, actually. I was a tutor for one of the papers. It's so fun. Yeah, it was so fun. It was a film paper, too. So all they did was oh. film. They didn't do any paperwork. Oh, wow. It was so, so fun. And I literally had to take my brother. I had, like, a panic attack the whole day before I had to... All I had to do... I had the job. All I had to do was go and give them my bank account details and sign the contract. And I, was, I had, like, a full-on panic attack. My brother had to come with me to school. I, was, I had a... Like, I was crying in the elevator going up to the office. And then I, like, pulled myself together and managed to sign. I don't know, really know how. But that's how anxious I was about working because I really didn't think that I was, like, worthy of really? money. Yeah. But, yes, this is going off course. But, uh, yeah, I was in Australia for a bit delivering pamphlets. That was really hard to get that job. But it was really hard work. Mm-hmm. I don't think people know how hard it is to deliver pamphlets. Oh, my gosh. So, when I was, okay... I think when I was here, 10, I had to deliver pamphlets. And it was around our, my street, the whole of Lomond, and all the outskirts streets oh, on there. It's so much. <laughs> yeah, every Castle Street and all its off streets there. And I hate it. <laughs> and did you have to fold them? Yes. That was the worst part, yeah. folding the and damn And do you pamphlet. think the damn parents would happen, though? No? <laughs> And how much you get paid? About two dollars <laughs> for like freaking like six hours of work. <gasps> Not bad about you. Yeah. Oh, that's good to yeah, pamphlet delivery. Oh, I hated it. It was the worst. <laughs> and then did this happen? Like, so I didn't really have. I wasn't well equipped for the job. Oh. Uh, but I had a bike. Yeah. And I had those straps. You know, they got the hooks on both ends. Yeah, you have to go restock all the time. Yeah, I have to go restock, but. Also, like, I didn't even have a proper container yeah. to put them on. And so some days, you know, I'll be riding my bike and then they all flop to one side. 
and they all fall <laughs> off. And I used to like get frustrated and angry. And it's the hardest, <laughs> not the hardest job, but it's such a hard job. Yeah, and then I got so like fed up, I used to go past public bins <laughs> and throw my pencils away. <laughs> oh, the yeah, fear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just uh, so that I can miss few homes. Hard, hard. Or like, if there was a home with no one in it, they'll get five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but sometimes, like, you wouldn't think, but sometimes people are really intense about getting their pamphlets. Yeah, and they complain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, chill out, man. Yeah. I'm only a kid, yeah. fighting my feet. <laughs> and I got, this one time, this lady, this was... So this was in freaking Melbourne. This is another time when I was a uh, um, <laughs> paper deliverer. This one time, this lady came out instead of screaming at my mum because my mum would help me. She was like, <laughs> "You always um put my pamphlet outside of my mailbox. Like, who do you think you are?" And my mum was like, "It's because your mailbox is broken. Like, <laughs> I inside." And then I was about to punch out the lady because she was swearing at my mum, and I was yeah. like, "How?" And you know what was worse? What? When companies would give the little tester thing. Oh. So I remember when the first duck toilet liquidy things came out. Mm. And I had to deliver, like, these are boxes full. <laughs> and everyone had to get one. And they were like, they always audit over those. Oh. So that you're not keeping it for yourself at home. And man, that was, that was it for me. I was done after <laughs> that. I was like, nah. You know, these boxes can't even fit at the back of my bloody <laughs> bike. And then there were some homes where I had to get off the bike. Yeah. And then, you know, grab it and take it up. And I was like... So, no. yeah. Oh my God, yeah. we could make a whole podcast on delivery. On that <laughs> delivery. They should not give that child their um, job to children. No, and, and they should be paying people more that do do it. Yeah. Not the easiest. No. Preparation job. It took me so long. And then I'd get paid like $60 for like so much work. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the boss is a punk. Yeah. About things. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah, so I was a pamphlet deliverer in Coomera, if you know where that is, on the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. And then I only stayed in Australia for six months because after six months, uh, your student loan starts accruing interest if you live overseas. Oh, does it? Yeah, so I had to come back to New Zealand. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Yeah, you can only live overseas for six months before oh. you start accruing interest. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, huh? Like, the interest over here is heaps. Huh? Oh, and so I came back to New Zealand and I moved up north to Kawakawa. And I lived... What did I do? Oh, that's when I started my graduate diploma... Because that's all I knew at that point. All I knew was how to study. Mm. And so I was like, well, I've got, like, I still can't apply for jobs. Like, I'm still not there yet. I don't know what else. So, oh, I'm just going to do freaking study. And then it was in the middle. Oh, that's right. It was in the middle of the year. And primary, I wanted to go straight into doing a grad dip in primary. But they start at the start of the year and there's no mid-year intake. Oh. And so I was like, crap, like, I need money for, like, six months until I can do the graduate diploma the next year and so I enrolled in the a graduate diploma of Maori studies at Massey because like we said because Massey's known for good distance programs mm. that's right and so they are I reckon they, they are in the fact that the convenience of it all is there right eh? yeah like the rest require you to be there like I think it's one to two yeah. And stuff like that. And they've and been doing it for so long, they kind of know how to do it. Yeah. 
But in terms of, like, how they break it down, oh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I did that for six months. That's right, because that's why I didn't finish my graduate diploma. Was because cause I had to interview to get into the primary. Um, And during oh. the interview... They were like, oh, we see that you've still got like six months left on your Māori graduate diploma. And I was like, yeah, I was just planning to do it at the same time as my primary one. And they were like, don't. <laughs> they were like, do not do that. We need to tell you it's so intense. And I was like, oh. I was like, I'm lucky that I took their advice because I'm not someone that would have been like, okay. Like, I don't really know. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know why I agree with them, but thank God I did. Um, and so yeah, that's why my Maori grad did not finished because I only did it for six. It's a year. I only did it for t- t- semester two, and then semester A of twenty twenty is when I started mm. my grad at primary. Oh. Yeah, and then I did that, and that was intense. I moved, my first practicum was in Kawakau in the far north, and then my second practicum was in Hawera in South Saranaki. Wow. <laughs> it's like a... It's like so... Oh. And literally, because we had COVID, um, the week before... Oh my God, it's happening again! <laughs> the week before... The week before I had to start <laughs> at Howard Intermediate at the time. Um, or oh, two weeks before we were still in level four lockdown. Oh, he got- And then one week before I had to leave, we were in level three. And then the weekend <laughs> before I was starting on Monday, they uh, went down to level two and I was able to drive through Auckland because... Oh, yes, of course. Because Northland was, Auckland was still at level four. <laughs> Northland was at level three. Mm. But obviously to get to Taranaki, you had to go through Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> and thank God that one weekend, <laughs> it went down to level two. And I was able to drive from Kawakawa, stayed with my sister in Auckland, picked up my brother and then drove all the way to South Taranaki. And then I started on the Monday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a weak thing going yeah. on here. Yeah, why do I? And I don't, like, I'm not really someone that leaves things to the last minute. I think it doesn't stress me out because I've organised it. See, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. It's organised. It's just organised to the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing you have to do is get there. Yeah, yeah. Hard. <laughs> but, yeah, I did that, moved to Sataranaki, and then I was staying with a friend, and I was trying, it's like, it was really hard for me to find a house down in um, Taranaki. Mm. What's going on, Subji? Mm. What, um, like, when you're talking about houses in Taranaki, see, I've never been there. Mm, so I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's go. So I don't know what sort of township it is. What is it like there? It's very Māori Pākehā. Oh, okay. Like, it feels like you've been, like, it feels like you've been going, it feels like you're going back in time. Like, it feels like New Zealand in, like, the 90s. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it had, it was very, very, um, like, oh, like it felt very, what's the, nostalgic? Because they've still got all of those old houses from back in the 90s. Cool. They've got the big properties, you know, like, you have the big, like, like, kind of like. A good backyard. Yeah, big backyard. Um, you've got, it's like lots of Māori in Pākehā. There weren't many other ethnicities that I, um, saw. Just a bit like heavy, they How we P.I., Māori, Pākehā. And and now we've got influence of maybe Asian and Indian. 
Yeah. That's it, though. Like, compared to Auckland, there's everything. And Hamilton. Mm. But that's, yeah, really what it's like. And in, in the, even the, like, mindset and the ideals. I'm making it sound like Taranaki is so different. But it really felt... And because I came from the north, which was, like, very Māori. Mm. It was a bit of a culture shock, actually, going to Taranaki. Because of how, like... Um, Pakia it was and mm. not in a bad way just in a different way mm, mm. um so that was really different and and then it was really hard to find a house because there weren't many for rent even though it's kind of cheap like it's one of the cheapest places in new zealand to buy. really yeah why um i don't really know oh yeah it's really, yeah because mm. i was like looking at buying a house but i don't have enough i did not have enough money to buy a house at all <laughs> and because i've got family that live in altham so Who's that's that? why it's yeah. close to Haurua. It's like oh, yeah, half yeah. an hour. Do you know where Haurua is? No. Do you know where Patea is? Yes. It's like north. It's like a twenty-minute north drive from Patea. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, and then Altham is twenty minutes north again. <laughs> but yeah, and then after, so I couldn't find a house, which is why I ended up moving back to Hamilton because oh. I was like, well, the only place that I. Like, I'm not moving back with my family. I refuse to do that. <laughs> um, and the only place I felt comfortable was was Hamilton because I'd lived here going to Waikato. Mm. And so I moved back to Hamilton and then got this, and then applied for a bazillion jobs, got denied, and then finally got this job. Yeah. Oh, thank oh. goodness you came here. What a roundabout long story. Sorry, guys. Oh, oh thank you for sharing my MJ. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the paper run. Yeah, 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 I'll say. <laughs> so, how has, um, I guess, you know, what you've learned through mm. your first degree, oh, from your first degree, mm. what skills have you carried over to into teaching today that mm. have really made you a unique type of teacher? Oh, lovely question. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well done. You should be an interviewer. <laughs> uh, definitely, like, I didn't realise how, like, if you don't know much about tech, you don't know much about tech. And, like, I feel like a lot of schools don't know much about tech. Some schools are amazing, but some schools really, really don't have that knowledge. And mm. I was able to get that through not only my undergrad but through other work that I made for myself like I mm. created websites and stuff like that really helped me and um filming is really like a really cool and present skill mm. does that make sense to have for to yep. be able to pass on to kids in this generation yeah anyway. like being able to teach kids how to make online content being able to teach kids like actually how to make money off online content even mm. though that's not always what you want you know but just giving them the opportunity yeah and they, uh, empowering them especially mm. kids from um, poorer communities or mm. from lower socioeconomic communities empowering them with that information because i'm just thinking for mg you know when we were growing up mm. never in my time in either here or the Cook Islands, was I exposed to how... Actually, I better watch out how I said this. I was going <laughs> to say how easy it is to make a video. Mm. But we were never shown the background of video making. No. I feel and, like it was so hush-hush when we were kids. Yeah, and it always became... I always saw it as only people that 
studying media mm. can go and do that. Until, I think it was high school when they started bringing out programs like Movie Maker and the slideshow thing. Mm. That's when I realised, oh, like I could make the connection between what the TV was doing to what I could do. Mm-hmm. And I used to think, why did we, why were we brought up to think that that was such a high... Highly only, regarded. Yeah. When I was yeah. creating, you know, I could do things off slideshow and maybe tweak it a little bit more and cut times on animations and stuff and it will sort of achieve what I was watching on TV yeah that's the empowerment that we're talking about Mm. like because it's um, film especially is such an expensive art form Um, it's been able to be kept in these like upper echelons for so, so long. But Mm. now we've got more access to affordable um, camera equipment, like your phone, Mm. um, all of this stuff, which means that all of a sudden um, people that would never have been able to do, to make film or anything, have the opportunity to. And that's Mm. what I'm really passionate about Mm. is um, giving kids that don't have that opportunity access to that world where they would have been blocked out if they were born when we were born. Mm, or, mm. I suppose a bit different. But yeah, but blocked out from even a bit older than us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not now, it's like a more tangible... It's way more tangible for the everyday person. Yeah, and those like me, I think when I was growing up, I wanted to be on TV. I loved... You're such like, a... You've got a personality for the TV, for sure. <laughs> I really wanted to be. <laughs> and it was just too far-fetched for me. Yeah. Mm. And until, you know, I learned my, some of the skills on movie making and stuff, and then now I'm like, oh, man. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it, even a child. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that would be probably the biggest... But even then, like, I wouldn't say that my degree taught me that. Because I could have gone through my whole Bachelor of Arts in Screen and Media and not done one filming paper. True. I like I taught myself how to edit. Like, my lecturers, my uni did not teach me how to edit. I taught myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because while I was going through uni, I was like, oh my god, what the hell am I going to come out with? Like, I've got no skills. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I need a skill, so I taught myself how to edit. Yeah. Um, Before Fire MJ came to our school... I was the video person, like, the go-to. <laughs> and he's amazing. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and then, like, for me, I um, can see all where my skill set is at. And when someone else comes in that can do a bit better than that, oh, well, way better. Yeah. But, you know, can do more. Yeah. I see it as, like, ah, <clears throat> oh, so that's when... Pretty much saying when a more learned person in that um, field comes in, you get to learn a bit more about it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's why her cuts are more perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the capabilities you know, of what you can yeah. do. So I always think, wow, when I watch your videos, mm. I'm like, oh, you can do more. Mm. Like there is more out there and... Yeah, more more in an easier way. Mm. Like I, when you don't know things, you're doing it in the hardest way possible. Yes. And but when you know things, you can do it in an easier way, and that's what. Yeah, I think mm. that's the biggest. That's the biggest thing, and that I took brought to teaching, and also um, I haven't been really able to do it because of the year level that I teach. But I've always wanted to bring over my script writing skills. That, that is so cool. Yeah, that yeah. was what. But I don't even. 
know if that's i mean like obviously anything's possible with primary age kids mm, but it, mm. it's kind of more of a skill set that's more applicable to year seven and eight in high school mm. so i'm trying to figure out how to bring that down to down. to mm. this level yeah that would be probably the two biggest uh skills and uh i mean i've told basically my whole life story resilience it's probably the other big skill that I've brought to, brought yeah. to teaching. Mm. Oh, I wonder how long this one is. Yeah. This has been a really fun topic, actually. It is. <laughs> Talk about ourselves, our lives. Yeah, I know. It's so lovely talking about ourselves. <laughs> when I think of my biggest, like, what has the previous career, how has it benefited, or how has it made me more unique as a teacher... Um, I think it's firstly the um, understanding of the children. Mm. Yeah, like, again, who would have thought that there was going to be all these different, you know, child walks in your class, you just assume everything, that things should be fine. But with the career that I had, the social work, that took all the whole, it pretty much tapped the shell off me. Mm. And then it's opened my mind more to the tamariki. Empathy. Empathy. Empathy, here it is. It's given me empathy because when you're a child that's been brought up entitled to say what you want to say, and um, when you're brought up with old people too, you sort of, those are your mates. So any old people that you um, deal with, you treat them differently because, like, you know how... People are like, I respect your elders. Yeah. Well, my way of respecting my elders was we were always equal because that's how they brought me up. Yeah. And so I could say anything and do this and do that. And <clears throat> what that created was something um, really different. I was just, this, I always knew I was different. Yeah. To my uh, social interactions with people. I would prefer to socially interact more with adults, people that were way older than me, mm. than people that were my age when I was young. Mm. And um, so with the, <clears throat> the whole self and type of thing that the old people give you, um, that built this big shout to think that I was it. Mm. Yeah, that, you know, wherever I go, I'll just do what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Through social work, that tapped that barrier away. And then it took away my um, thinking everybody was rich barrier away. Mm. And then it took away my whole, um, I think I've got a hard barrier away too. Yeah. Mm. So it really tapped all these unnecessary barriers that have been built on me. A way to really open my mind, to be open-minded to... Teaching so, children. And if you had gone straight into teaching and hadn't done your social... I would be the worst teacher <laughs> Everybody would have been getting a growling. <laughs> I would have probably been challenging parents all the time. Yeah. I wouldn't have had empathy. I wouldn't have had, like, patience. Probably freaking going off on the boss. Yeah, I know. And, yeah, so my biggest thing that that career has given me has been the empathy... Um, the open-mindedness. Um, it taught me how to be quite vigilant in terms of paperwork and stuff like that. Mm. But mainly, it's the benefits of my life experiences have been more so, like, I'm glad that I'm so tech-savvy mm. um, because that's come through. 
Um, I'm glad that I've worked with other professionals for um, families to get them resources and stuff. Yeah. Because that's helped me with my interactions with external providers in school. Yeah, I tell beers and all that. Yeah, I'm glad that I had to have interaction with parents during um, social work because that's given me a better way of um, how to approach different mm. scenarios with parents and stuff. Um, also, I probably haven't told you this too, um, my greatest... Um, like the last career I ever want to do, and it's you, it's coming, it's meant to be coming soon, like 40 onwards, is to be a pastor. Oh, no! Yeah! Way. Yeah, that's all science oh, writing you do religious studies. Yeah! I was like, get out of here! Oh, that is so good! Yeah. And that again aligns with pretty much my family, like my grandmother's brothers. Mm. They were all pastors. Oh, wow! Yeah, and so. Naturally, I already knew, oh, yeah, one day I'm going to be a pastor. That is so cool. Mm. And I've just accepted that this is part of the journey of becoming a pastor, too. Mm. So I had to go through social working, learn about people, and I have to come through teaching, learn about children, and learn how people learn, and, you know. You'll be a well-equipped pastor. Yeah, then my ultimate, ultimate is, before retirement, I'll be a pastor. That's awesome. Mm. And that's how I want to retire, be a pastor. And then ready to go and do whatever. Wow, I can't, I can't believe that we connected on that random, yeah. those, those papers that I was taking. So I'm sure you, all the listeners can feel why we have to go through this journey. Yeah. And probably thinking, you, a pastor? <laughs> <laughs> After all, wait, you'll be talking on it. <laughs> but yeah, no. That's so cool. I think that like my main advice for someone that wanted to go into teaching... Um, <laughs> I don't know, but it is, <laughs> if I was to break it down really easily, it would be get a degree in anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, having a degree in anything is beneficial because there are so many, even if it's not teaching, there's so many graduate diplomas that you can do that can enter you into a profession mm. with one year or with only one year of study. So, like, I'm a really big proponent of getting a bachelor in anything. <laughs> in anything. It's really, it puts you, yeah, it puts you in a really, really good space yeah. for if you don't know what you're doing, which is what I was. I did not know what I was doing. I just stumbled into my degree. I stumbled into finishing it. Mm. And then I was lucky that because I finished it, I was able to do a teaching. Because I, I feel like I've always meant to be a teacher. I just... <sighs> It is the calling, eh? Yeah, yeah. I always meant. I was always meant to be a teacher. I just ignored it for other reasons. Because this is the first reasons. job I've had that I'm actually settled with the job. Mm. Like every other job I've had, um, it's always been like, "Nigga, now this isn't me. I'm only doing it for the money." Mm. But this is probably the first career that I've decided that oh, it's not about the money anymore. It's actually mm. more. It's more. Mm. Um. And yeah, basically that a graduate diploma is a really good way to go. And you get to um, bring skills like from my previous degree and from Matata's previous degree. We were able to bring so many skills from those that seem unrelated to teaching, but actually you can apply anything to teaching. That's so right. And you can build those skills and then get your grad dip in teaching and then... Away you go. Yeah. Mm. My... Um... Unlike Fire MJ, you got to get that degree. I mean, if say you're already in like a volunteering position, 
that could align to social work and you've been in there for 10 years, honestly, value yourself and get the quality to go with it because it makes it gives you a bit more leeway, like you said, eh? Mm. Like, it really does open doors. And three or six years is not a long time. <laughs> for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, like, sacrifices. And for financial cool. stability... And, mm. like, I know, like we're quite young anyways, but, yeah. um, like, I felt very old. Like, this is my first ever job where, apart from, like, that random tutoring job, but that was only for, like, a couple weeks. Oh, like a semester. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what I'm saying is that I this is my first real job, and I turned 27 this year. Like, you're not too old. You're not too nothing. Like, you can do it. Like, three years. You're going to be... Say I started my degree now. I was going to be 30 anyways. I might as well be 30 with a degree. <laughs> it's so classy. <laughs> um, but I think that's us, eh? That is us. I hope you enjoyed our tangents. That we yeah. Got. And that was a really fun topic, actually. That was. All right. Kakite. Kakite.